Hello, my name is Taylor Clement. I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Diane Aglin. I'm the head of student life. And today we are coming back with our podcast. It's been a while since we've we've done it. We've had some turnover and change since our last podcast, and it's it's been a while. I'm glad yes. to have it back. So thanks for coming on with me. My today. pleasure. So for those that, that have listened more regularly, you maybe have noticed that your phone hasn't given you a notification, or if you have actually looked at the app store, you may know that, oh yeah, uh, there hasn't been one in a while. And I'll tell you, re- realistically, uh, we got school started. We lost Maria Massey, who is now a parent, who may or may not be listening to this podcast anymore. <laughs> and then we we also had Mary Rolfe, who was assisting in doing that. And then she left, and we have Reagan. And so we've tried to do some onboarding, but but now we're back at it. And I think we've got uh, a lot to, to come up. So apologize for, for the delay. That wasn't intentional. But hopefully, parents, you guys will, will get a lot uh, out of this today. I'm bringing Diane in. Diane is our new head of student life, and she's back for another round at Kirk Day School, and yes. I'm thrilled, thrilled for that. And so, Diane, thanks for coming on today. Sure, sure. Happy to talk. Well, um, it's, tell us tell us this. Uh, just give us a little bit of history about your family. I know you've got three kids, and they're all grown, and we'd love yep. to hear about them, and we can, we can talk about kind of where you've been professionally as well, but start, tell us a little bit about your family. I have three children. My oldest is a NICU nurse here in St. Louis. My second one is in Georgia with three grandbabies. And then I have a son at the tri- at the back end, and he is in Birmingham, Alabama. Working. And he went to the, um, an amazing university in the <laughs> yes. South, isn't that correct? Same as you, Samford. Oh, oh did he? Uh, I, did, I, I didn't know. know. That's a surprise. Wow. Well, he's happily uh, working for a company that blows things up, so... That's always wow. a fun thing to tell people. Yeah, that's yep. that would be that would be yep. fun to do. Yeah. Yes, but they're all grown and grown and flown, and so I was able to turn a lot of my attention to Kirk Day School and my new position. Well, and when you and I met, uh, I was a first year head of school, and you right. you were coming back to the school um, after having been here, and I know Sue hired you yes. prior to her departure, which was a huge blessing for me because one of the things I've realized and hiring is how long and difficult that process can be. Yes. And she had hired you, and you and I met, and you were back, and, and it was my first year and kind of your first year. You were teaching fourth grade, and then I had you right. at a department. My sweet spot. That's right. Yes. And then um, and then you, you left. And where did you go yes. after you left Kirk Day School? Well, I went to Georgia. I wanted to be with those grandbabies, and I worked in a private school as the science and language arts teacher for fourth and fifth grade and developed some of their curriculum, and then the next year moved on to an assistant head of school position in Birmingham, another private school, Westminster, and circumstances just led me back to St. Louis again, which was a surprise to me, but not to the Lord, which is great. And, and it was our gain for sure. Well, I'm in that glad process. to be back. I really have had um, nothing but joy to be here. One of the things, too, that I loved about our conversations prior to your departure was it was never a surprise mm-hmm. in the sense that you and I would would converse regularly, often before school. And we would just check in and you would say, hey, I'm thinking about this position. You know, what, what are your thoughts on it? And we would just have a lot of conversations, which, you know, I, I say this all the time to employees, you know, 
if you and I can be talking about something, I get to support and help because it's so much better for Kirk Day School. It's so much better for the employee if they're right. looking for a different position to go get it if we can be talking about it. And right. you, you, you set an example for that, which I absolutely loved. And it really worked out, especially when it came time for us because Maria told me a year out, hey, I'm not coming back. Right. And then all of a sudden, we began having this conversation, and you and I talked yes. for probably four months before there was an official application yes. in your email inbox. Right, right. And I was happy to go and happier to come back, which was yeah. good. And and I loved the support that I got from you, even when I was not here, and um, looked for answers to things that were happening on a deeper level and really wanting to dig deeper into administration and uh, education, you know, moving forward. So so I was glad that we had those conversations. Well, and one of the things that I'll say is you're an observant person, and you began to notice things that I was mm-hmm. doing in a really great way. You know, um, you've got the the Covey model of seeking to understand. You've got the, you know, the the Walt Whitman of be curious, not judgmental. And you would come in and ask questions about things that I would do sometimes very purposely and intentionally and other times very um, just, you know, I wasn't even aware. And you would, you would point those things out in ways because you were taking notes and it was really helpful for me. And I got to grow as a leader through it. And, and you obviously were growing as a leader through that as well. And it really, it really provoked some great conversations um, around schools, and and so when the time came to have you back, that was a really fun opportunity right, for, right. for me. Well, a lot of what I was looking for at that point was to confirm or deny at some point uh, things that I had learned in my master's program through Maryville University, which was an excellent program, but for myself, I needed to know, is this something that I feel like is a fit for me? Is this a fit for me as I move forward in administration? So you are a great help for that. Well, that's kind of you to say and remind our listeners, because I'm aware, what did you get your master's in? Educational leadership. So I had an I had a master's in that. I have double bachelor's in sociology and then again in um, teaching a certification in teaching elementary ed from K through eight. And then received a master's in educational leadership. And through through your years of teaching, I can think of you've taught public and you've taught in five different private schools. Is that correct? I think five or six. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And you're very Dutch. Yes. Very Dutch. You know, and well, you talk, ain't Dutch, you ain't much. Yeah, right. Talk, <laughs> talk about that for just a second, uh, especially since the, the United States was just reminded of, yes. of, of a Dutch prowess. Yes. Uh, and, and soccer, but um, yeah, talk about that and your Dutch history for just a moment. Um, you grew up speaking Dutch. Grew up speaking Dutch. Both of my parents are from the Netherlands, came over on the boat, including all of my dad's side, who also came over on the boat. Um, my mom's side is still in the Netherlands, so we visit them often, have good relationships. I just got an email from my cousin this morning, as a matter of fact, and we are very, very Dutch. We we love Dutch food. We love Dutch traditions. And real quick, outside of like Stroopwafels, like what, what's a Dutch food? <laughs> well, good chocolate is always a Dutch food. Drop. Drop is uh, licorice. It's okay. a certain kind of Dutch licorice. Most people don't like it. Yeah. Even even some Dutch people don't like it. It's very, very licorice-y. Diane, so 
your role is, is really interesting because the, the role, if, if I go through a quick evolution of the role, um, one of the things that I would say is it started eight years ago when I got here. Sue, mm-hmm. is, and I, I want to reference Sue Pitzer just because she was our founding head. Right. She was here for 22 years, and this is our 30th anniversary, so she was here for a little over 60% of the time at the school, right. which is, is really amazing. And she left a role for a part-time school counselor. It was Brittany Fine. Right. She right. was the first counselor, and she came in, and I think that that role re- realized was was a little different than what we expected. Brittany resigned when when her husband and she moved to Germany. Right. Her husband is still in the Air Force. He's a captain. Yeah, Virginia and, now, right? Yeah, they're in Virginia. Yeah. And so uh, love Brittany and love what she left us. She left us with such just a great a great starting point, and she really tried to build that program and. We went to Maria, and Maria was a was not a school certified counselor, but she was a licensed professional counselor. Which, right. just to, to be clear, there's a difference in, in how those things manifest, uh, educationally speaking. And Maria's role then really became more of kind of a dean of students or disciple right. of students, along with, unfortunately, COVID. And she yes. kind of and, and Maria took that role on, and so Maria did a really slow. A perceptive job of seeing what do we need to change this role to do. We did some workshopping with that with the rest of the administrative team and really realized we needed a, a head of student life. I took that to the board. The board approved it. And so I am giving that that quick history to say as you stepped in, you had um, both a life experience, multi-school experience. Right. I, I also believe in a multi-market experience in a lot agree. of ways. Uh, to understand what else is out there. We don't just do this a certain way in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to look broader to us more nationally. Uh, We looked at all these things to to form this role, and now you've got a role. So tell us a couple of things of, A, what do you do? And then let's talk about, B, how you do it. So what do you do? Well, the first thing that I do is work specifically with children and their parents. I don't work so much with teachers, although teachers can refer to kids to me right but specifically with the students and their parents as need be to disciple them my goal is to always talk to their hearts nurture their hearts help them to come out of whatever situation they're in to be more positive look towards christ-like behavior and uh, grow in their knowledge of themselves and the situation and a lot of that is done, frankly, through discipline and with always a, a thought to nurture them towards growth. So I'm always looking for something that will have them ponder their situation and compare it to where they can be, where they can grow, where um, Christ would take them. So we're going to talk about how you do that here in a minute. Because I think this is important to kind of kind of park for a minute, take a break, take a breather, because what you just said is really deep. And I don't think um, I knew that initially with my early years as, as a dean of students. I was a dean of students at a high school. Then I was an assistant head of school and really in charge of discipline for a K-6 school in Nashville. Then I moved here and I was kind of the disciplinarian yes. for, for a few years. And yes. There's an aspect of our handbook that has been in there for as long as I can remember, well before I got here, but it says that the, the goal of any discipline mm. and conflict yes. at Kirk Day School is to restore relationships and, if necessary, 
transform hearts. Right. And you talk about that for a second because I do think we talk about discipline, but that root word of discipline comes out of discipleship. Right. And and I will say this as a parent, as somebody that that I will say when things don't go well for you and that parent-child relationship, mm-hmm. it does land on my desk. So right. I'm just parents right. listening, like let's be clear, I get it. Like if there's an escalation, it lands on my desk. Diane and I have the same goal, and that is for the discipleship of the right. child. And as you always clearly articulate, as Hebrew 12 says, to produce a harvest of righteousness. Right. So right. just kind of talk for a minute about that that aspect that you, I mean, you, you do this so well. And I love the way that you talk to kids, but, but, but talk to me for a minute about that. I always want to see what is happening in their hearts and in their minds. So my first question is typically, what is happening? I mean, that's an easy, open-ended question. Um, 99% of the time, children will immediately tell me their perception or the truth of what is happening. Then we will walk through restoring relationships with other people. We use the five A's. We use the Peacemaker program. We look at what could be different, what should be different, we pray together, we talk through scripture together, and um, that usually leads us to either restoring the relationship or a consequence. I like consequences to be a natural consequence, uh, something that is promoted by the behavior. So give an example of that, please. If you have chosen to write all over the walls, a natural consequence would be to wash the walls. And probably, and I will, I will go ahead and interject. <laughs> typically, this would happen during recess or typically lunch. Typically, they would lose not that they would recess. miss miss right. l- the eating of lunch, but right. but lose the social ability of lunch right. because you've chosen to do something that is disrespectful to the property. Right, disrespectful to property, and also disrespectful to the students who are walking by. That also disrespectful to our facilities staff, who right. then also would have to clean that. So there are. Lots of um, ripples that happen from behavior. And I want children to realize that their behavior has a ripple, has a ripple effect. And so um, after we've prayed about it and we've restored our relationship, then we move to restoring other relationships that might be with a facilities director or students, teachers. And um, then there's a natural cause and effect to that. And that's not a punitive effect as much as it is a, an effect that causes them to think about what they're doing the next time so that there's growth there. That, you know, uh, often when we are walking through those natural consequences, that is something that those children won't do again. They don't want a natural consequence, and they understand more fully what happens because of their behavior. And so most of the time, I don't have those repeat behaviors. So, you, again, um, I just want to clarify, I love movies. And when I... Yes, when, you do. And so when I, <laughs> when I was uh, becoming a dean of students, they, they gave me the title, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I went home, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I realized the person who I now was. Mm, I yes. was Edward R. Rooney, uh, dean uh, of students. Uh, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
So if you know the movie, you know that Ferris is skipping school. He's taking the day off. But Edward Rooney is this dean of students, and he's very proud that he's the dean of students. And he goes across Chicago chasing Ferris to find him and to, to get him in trouble. And so here's Ed Rooney, and he's, and he's chasing a child down. You think about, let's go with another 80s John Hughes movie, The Breakfast Club, right? Yes. The, you've, got, you've got the guy that comes in, and, you know, and, and the question is asked, did you know that? Does Barry Manilow know that you robbed his wardrobe? And he <laughs> thinks he's, you know, kind of Mr. Cool. And then you, you go through through sh- through other movies like Matilda, you know, based off of their old doll book of, right. of having this really mean principal. You have um, just these pictures of people throughout life, and I would say in media, where as a child we perceive the authoritarian, the right. disciplinarian, particularly as a very evil, decrepit person who has nothing better in their lives than to hunt down and find children and to discipline them. Mm. And I say that. That's a shame. It's a shame (laughs) because the thing that that I think is so important to to note is how much we at Kurt Day School, faculty and staff alike, even with the most frustrating child at times, Uh. love children and want to love them to Jesus. That is who we are in our theology And I want to be clear because if anybody's taught me that, it's been you over the years. You had some tough kids. Some of my toughest kids were in your classes. Yes. And you handled them really well. But but talk about your heart in that because I think sometimes we miss that. And and I've learned that differently, obviously, as as a school administrator. But we just miss that because the media portrays the secularization of the role that you and I often have to fill when what we have is so much deeper for these children. Well, I would say it's probably the most misunderstood role because when I'm disciplining a child or when I'm discipling a child, either way, I'm looking at them as an image bearer of our great king. And our great king is not going to let us make mistakes with sort of a shrug of his shoulders and hands-off approach. I love those children way too much for them to be image bearers who are heading down a bad path. I want them to have a good path. I want them to be happy with themselves. And I want others to be happy with them. But mostly, I want them to learn and grow and enjoy the beauty of walking in the the way that's already set for them that's so delightful instead of a way that's going to lead them into a path that's going to be unhappy and unpleasant. And so I look at them and think, you can be so much more. We all have something to grow. We all have, I have places in my own heart and life where I'm still growing. And so those are difficult spots, but that can be, again, a harvest of righteousness, a a growth towards great delight and joy. And when I have a situation that's not going to be a good one or have a good outcome, I want something better for them. And so I'm looking at that child and thinking of ways that I can help them grow through this to be more Christ-like. So it's, it's not easy. It's not a fun spot for everyone, but the thought is to take them to where they can see a better spot. Uh, I remember my I wrestled in high school. I wrestled for a very competitive team. Um, I had this coach uh, named Al Miller, and he is, is a wonderful man, but, man, was he a curmudgeon. 
And I remember going to my dad, and my dad had played college baseball. I said, why? Why on earth do I get yelled at with this passion? Now, granted, this is, again, high school boys, right. young men type of deal. Right. My dad goes, he wouldn't do it if he didn't care. Yes. And, and he told me that as a freshman. I ended up going to Europe with Coach Miller. I ended up wrestling for him in season, out of season. Wow, that's great. And, and I learned so much about the man. Right. And I learned that his, his frustration was not, I don't like you. It was, I really love you. Yes. And to get you to a certain place. Now, that was a very secular way I grew up in public school. But here you are talking about discipling a child. But what I hear is, is you're giving the energy, the effort, and the passion mm-hmm. to something that we could easily look over. Well, when I think of it in parental terms, I think of the parent who loves their child so deeply that they want them to have the best. They want them to have the best experience, the best opportunity, the best growth. And so they're not going to overlook behavior that's inappropriate or or outwardly wrong or mm-hmm. even inwardly wrong. They're always going to address that for the child's sake, not for their own sake. I mean, most of these children will grow up and they'll never think of my name again, but they might think of the way that I've turned them towards the Lord and and helped them to grow in those things. Well, and it's interesting because a lot of the alumni of Kirk Day School that are walking with the Lord yes. and that are contributing citizens in society say, yes, I know what the inside of your office looks like, Taylor, but, but there were lessons that were learned in a sweet way, in an age-appropriate way mm-hmm. that, that pointed them back to Jesus. And yes. I, think, I think at times it's, and, and I will say this, school administration can be inconvenient. And don't, don't hear this as a sob story. And what I'm trying to do more than anything, just so you know, uh, listeners is just a point to to Diane's heart for this because our heart together and collectively is not to um, forgive and forget. The Bible doesn't tell us to forgive right. and forget. It just says forgive. Right. And and what so often what we want is we don't want these children to forget so that they can learn and grow and be more like Jesus. Right. The right. older they and get, that's our goal. Always our goal. As a matter of fact, I just met someone this fall who I taught when he was in second grade, and he said to me, I never told you this, but you were the first teacher who looked at me and didn't think of me as just a rascal. I was a rascal, but you saw me for so much more than that. Mm. And I wanted to be more than that. I wanted that opportunity, and and that was the guiding and shepherding and molding of a little heart. And that's what I'm always that's always my goal well one of the things that, that i want to be clear um of and is, is how much you love these children how much you love jesus and i'll tell this story just to kind of wrap up when when you were interviewing um we had a we had a panel of, of folks from the board and, and the church that were interviewing you right and and our member chad uh townsley one of those um, associate pastors uh, of the church uh asked you the question about a funeral and um and just kind of, kind of, he was prepping on. <laughs> do you remember, remember this? this? Yeah. Yes. And I remember looking at Chad like he had, you know, three heads coming out of his neck, and <laughs> and he had just said, you know, at the end, at the end of, of end of a life, you know, what what do you hope for for um, as far as 
Jesus is concerned. And, and, and I don't remember the specificity of your answer, but I do remember the general, the general premise, which was that they've, they've been a worshiper of Jesus and that they have made this world a little bit better by being a follower of him. Right, right. Which is exactly the nail on the head. That's what we want for this school. That's what we want for these students. That's what we want for our personal children. But then also what we want for the, the 320, what are we up to now? Seven children right. in this school, which is a huge blessing. And, and I love that. And I love that that's your heart um, and that's your, that's your natural position towards them because I, they are image bearers. Right, right. As an image bearer of the Lord, that is our, we should have an unwavering commitment to always bring them to Jesus and yeah. be the face of Jesus that they want to grow into or become. So I I don't think that I could ever change that. That is always going to be the thing when I'm looking at a child, I'm going to think, how can you grow? How can you mold and shape and become more like Christ. Well, you know, it's scripture scripture's clear on so many things, but I think one of the one of the phrases or at least the the parables that Jesus uses is cleaning the outside versus the inside of the cup, right? Right. Right. And and it's very easy in West County St. Louis to clean the outside of the cup. Yes. But I will say we're here to partner with parents for the nurture education and equipping of these children to, to also do that for the inside of the cup, because our goal is not to not to have just good days, but it's to have good childhoods. I and I appreciate your your partnership in that with me. So, um, parents, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will continue to to do this podcast again. We're glad to be back, Diane. Thanks again for joining me. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me.